The seventh word is promise. There's a promise involved. Actually, there's a negative promise and a positive promise, or a negative and positive dimension to the promise of God here in this covenant that is reflective of the covenant of grace. God says in verse 11, And I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. So negatively, the covenant promised to Noah is that God would spare from judgment in the future. A flood would never again sweep over the world. It's a promise of deliverance from evil, as it were. But then there's a positive implied in the promise. Since God would not destroy humanity by a flood, the positive is that He would bless the new humanity. He would bless the earth. Verses 21 and 22 of Genesis 8. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Now that's the covenant of preservation. But it's reflective of the covenant of grace. Because in the covenant of grace, God comes with a negative aspect and a positive aspect. In the promise of His covenant. He says, when you're in my covenant, you will not perish. But when you're in my covenant, you will have everlasting life. No hell, but heaven. No death, but life. No wrath, but grace. You see, it's all solidified in promise. It's all solidified by the I wills and the I shalls of God. The covenant language of God. And when you read through Genesis 9, you see all these I wills jumping out at you. I will establish. I will do this. I will take care of this. So it is everywhere. God says, it shall come to pass. I will do it. It shall be. From covenant to covenant, it's always I will. I will. I will. From beginning to end. So finally, eighthly, The word token, or sign, the rainbow, God said, and the cloud is the token, or we would say the sign of the covenant. God attaches a token, a sign, to the covenant promise. He did that with the covenant of works with Adam. He, he, He gave the token, the sign of the tree of life that confirmed the promise. And with the covenant with Abraham... The sign or the token was circumcision. We have, of course, signs today with the sacraments, don't we? Baptism, we have the sign of water. Lord's Supper, we have the sign of bread and wine. Well, the sign, the token of the covenant with Noah is the rainbow. The confirmation, the guarantee that God will be faithful to His covenant. In fact, this is the crowning sign. The crowning sign that preaches to us the gospel as well as the covenant of preservation. And we'll see that as we consider that briefly in our third thought after we sing. God was incredibly kind to Noah and his family when they came out of the ark. He didn't hold them in suspense about their foreboding future. 
He relieved their fears. He spoke kindly to them. He reiterated his covenant establishment with them. In fact, this precious word covenant, he uses eight times in almost as many verses. And yet God's kindness didn't end there. God not only reaffirmed covenant, swore covenant, but God added a crowning sign. Verse 13, I will set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. The commentators disagree as to whether this is the first time the rainbow ever appeared in the sky, or whether it had appeared before. John Calvin takes the latter view. He says, the rainbow had appeared before, no doubt, but now God assigns a new office to the rainbow. Other commentators say, no, it seems that the atmosphere on earth before the flood was so different from what is now on the earth that the rainbow now appears for the first time. That really doesn't matter that much. The important point is what we can learn from the rainbow as a covenant sign. And I believe there's much to learn from this rainbow. Much to learn from a rainbow when you look at it still today in the sky. And I want to approach this by asking four questions and then giving applications afterward. First is, who gives the rainbow? Boys and girls, who gives the rainbow? Well, you say, it's God who gives the rainbow. That's right. God says, I do set. Again, the emphasis is on I. Behold, I, I set my bull, my rainbow in the cloud. It's, it's from heaven. It's of heavenly origin. When you see a rainbow, boys and girls, it's not something man-made. Even though scientists can explain a little bit about how it all happens, it still is God's sign. God says it's my sign. A sign you can rely on. A sign you can trust in. A rainbow is my crowning sign and gift to you. God gives it. The second question is, in what circumstances is this rainbow given? What's well, given at a time of crisis, isn't it? When people are afraid and trembling and disturbed. In order for there to be a rainbow, there has to be rain, of course. Rainbow is caused by, humanly, by the raindrops reflecting and refracting the rays of the sun. So that the white light is broken up into its component colors. Red color, we are told, is bent the least. The violet is bent most acutely. And so for there to be a rainbow, you need millions of raindrops to exist, to reflect and bend the light. And you can imagine what Noah's feelings must have been when he and his wife and family, uh, for the very first time, after the flood, saw the rain coming. Rain to Noah meant judgment. The terror that must have gripped them. 
You see, we're told in Genesis 2, 5, that the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth, but in the flood, the streams came up and watered the whole surface of the ground. In chapter 7 we read that God sent rain, and it rained and rained. You remember, boys and girls, that it rained for days and weeks. And so the only rain Noah probably ever knew was the rain of judgment. And now it starts to rain. You can imagine the fear. Is it going to stop? Is the world going to be drowned again? At the moment the rain falls, the sign is given. The sign comes when the rain comes. You don't see a rainbow, do you? On a clear, bright, sunny day. It is a rainbow, after all. And it is given at the moment of rain, at the moment of of, of challenge, of crisis, of danger, of fear. The sign comes to meet the need. Thirdly, why then is this rainbow given? Well, it's given to reassure. It's given to comfort. It's given to, to reassure Noah and his seed, and still us today, that this rain is not going to be another flood. The rainbow says, don't worry, don't fear, I'm not coming in judgment yet. This rain is to bring the crops to fruition. It's to provide you with water. This rain is not a curse. This rain is a blessing. So the sign is given to drive away fear. And to assure us that God's promise still stands. Actually, verse 12 says that it's a covenant for all generations to come. And verse 16, an everlasting covenant. So every time you see a rainbow, you don't only think of the covenant of preservation, that the world won't be destroyed by a flood, but you think that this is an everlasting token, an everlasting sign for generations to come. God to his own people will not forsake them, will not destroy them with the rains of his wrath and judgment. But God will have mercy and show kindness. The rainbow declares that God loves sinners and cares for them and will not destroy them. There's a beautiful Jewish prayer in the sacred uh, Jewish Talmud which says this, that every pious Jew, whenever he sees a rainbow, is supposed to say, Blessed be thou, Jehovah our God, King of eternity, ever mindful of thy covenant, faithful in thy covenant, firm in thy word. See, the rainbow is given to reassure. The fourth question is, What does the rainbow do? What does the rainbow do? What is its purpose? Well, its purpose is to remind God of His promise. Verse 14. When I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud, I will remember my covenant. The rainbow is a memorandum to God. Again in verse 16. I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature. You see, it's to remind God. How you say, is God in danger of forgetting? It seems strange. Does God need reminding? Is God absent-minded? Well, of course not. 
But this is telling us something very valuable. It tells us what really matters. The most important thing, congregation, is not that we remember covenant. As important as that is. But the most important thing is that God remembers covenant. And the rainbow reassures us that God remembers covenant. That God will not be faithless. That God will not forget His people. The rainbow would only remind us of the covenant. It would have, you see, limited value. And so, the rainbow, in all four of these ways, points us to the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the covenant of grace. Who gave Jesus Christ? Well, the Father gave Him out of love and mercy. He's the Father's special gift, the crowning gift, the authoritative gift, the gift on whom we can rely. And in what circumstances was He given? He was given in a crisis. He was given in the crisis of sin. The Lord Jesus is, of course, our King and our elder brother and our nearest kinsman and our teacher and all of that. But most of all, He is our Savior. And we need Him as Savior, don't we? Because we face a great crisis, greater than the showers of rain. We face the sure and certain judgment of God and hell without Jesus. So God gives His Son across the, the, the horizon of our, across the sky of our, of our spiritual troubles and crises, like a rainbow, showing us His, his beauty, His, his all-sufficiency, His loveliness, that He is full of all that we need. He's the one bright light, you see. He's the way. He's the truth. He shines upon our path and it comes out in all kinds of different colors that He's fit for our every need. Jesus Christ is everything to us. And why is He given? Well, He's given to reassure us. He's given to bring us to faith and to reassure us in that faith. He's given to awaken hope and reassure us in hope. He's given to remind us that there is forgiveness with God. And so, as surely as when we see a rainbow, we think in our minds, this is God's sign that He will preserve the earth. So, we should also think deeper and say, and this is in turn a reflection that the Lord Jesus Christ shall preserve His people at the right hand of God. You see, at the cross, the clouds of sin and judgment gathered. The sky is dark. And the showers of the wrath of God, as it were, descend upon the only begotten Son. But suddenly, the sunlight of God's grace shines through the cloud rains, the the rain clouds of sin and judgment. The sunshine and mercy comes through the very death of Jesus. In His death, He destroyed Him who had the power of death. And God, as it were, sends, may I say it spiritually, this glorious rainbow 
in the midst of the cross, confirmed by resurrection, that this seemingly sad time of crisis is in reality a time in which God reassures us that He delights in mercy. And so the cross turns the crises into salvation itself. So what does this sign of the covenant do? Well, Christ reminds God. Christ reminds God. Paul tells us in Romans 8.34, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Christ is at the right hand of God, interceding for you, dear believer, speaking to His Father every moment on your behalf, pleading your case, holding out His death for you, that you might live. That God's reigns of wrath would not destroy you, but that His rainbow would be a sign that Christ would ever live to intercede for you. And so when Christ comes, when Christ comes in your life, through His Word, through His comforts, it's like a rainbow bringing peace at the end of a shower. When you're in troubles and needs and trials and you fly to Christ, He acts, as it were, like a rainbow to you. He comes and shines His light, His beauty. And your doubts and your fears subside. And there is a calm, is it not? And He walks on the waters of the sea. And you rest in Him. Yes, what a rainbow means for earthly preservation. So Christ means for our spiritual preservation. And so, dear friends, I ask you in closing this morning, do you see that Jesus Christ is a reminder to God of His pledge, His promise, His covenant to forgive sinners like you? He sheds His blood and He shows His Father in Heaven's courts, as it were, that blood. And He reminds His Father of His everlasting covenant. He is greater than a rainbow. But a rainbow is a sign that God can use to point us to Him, to remind us of His covenant, His faithful covenant, His everlasting covenant. Do you know what it means to belong to the internal essence of that covenant? Jesus Christ, like a rainbow in your life, is He not only your salvation, but again and again, Does He calm the storm? Does He break through in the storm and show you His salvation? You see, the covenant of Noah, yes, on the surface, it's primarily a covenant of preservation. But deep down, it's reflective of the covenant of grace. And we need to be in that covenant. And we need to find God in Christ. It's our God and our salvation forever and ever. Oh, friend, repent and believe the gospel and bow under this God and receive this Savior and look to Him 
Ask Him to be for you spiritually what the rainbow is for the earth naturally. Amen. Thank you for listening to Doctrine for Life with Dr. Joel Beakey. If you were encouraged by this episode and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing and sharing with a friend. To enjoy more resources from the pen and pulpit of Dr. Beakey, please visit joelbeakey.org.